Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Sad Boy Podcast, the podcast where you listen to someone you don't care about talk about things you don't care about, but you actually do care about the person who is talking, so in turn, you care about what I'm talking about. And today, as it is the first episode of the Sad Boy Podcast, we will have two topics. First will be introductions. I will introduce myself to you, and you know what, maybe if, maybe if you feel up to it, you'll introduce yourself to me in the comments. And then our main topic for the day will be the history of the earth. Getting to end, creation to revelation, however you feel about a big bang to whatever explosion ends us, it's going to be talked about today. So, first order of business, introductions. Hi, my name is Matthew. I'm the host of Sad Boy Podcast, as you know, because you're listening to this, hopefully. And, um, you know, I guess I'll just describe myself to you. I'm in general a chill person. Uh, I can vibe with most people, you know. I don't really mind what you do, how you feel about certain things, you know. If you're willing to just relax and chill out, you know, I'll hang out with you. But if you're, if you're going to be, like, a dick, I, I don't like you. So just don't talk to me. Um, other than that, you know, I guess I should say, uh, I smoke weed, like, a lot. Um, I wouldn't say I'm addicted, because, you know, I do it in short spurts, and then I stop for a while, as in, like, a tolerance break, and then, after a while, I'll go back to sort of amplify the effects. Um, yes, I should also tell you that, uh, I am severely depressed. It is crippling, you know. And I guess you could say mental health is a big topic for me. Because, you know, I suffer from it every day and I understand what people are going through. All right. It's part of the podcast is boring. I don't like it. I'm sorry if you're bored. So I'm bored too. So I guess we'll get into the main topic today, which is the history of the Earth. So I'm going to go with the most plausible theory, you could say. Let me rephrase. The most scientifically plausible theory, which is the Big Bang. Basically... Billions and billions of years ago, there was nothing. There was also everything. It was nowhere and everywhere. There was also nowhere. And, you know, so that makes sense. No, it doesn't. So, um, and then out of nowhere, some, something just switched on, and then kaboom. We had our son, Alpha Centauri. The thing that provides us warmth and shines mostly every day. And that sun was surrounded by clouds of dust. Lots and lots of dust. Also known as lots and lots of bullshit. Um, and then, you know, everything just sort of started. You know, shit started going down. Planets were formed, moons, 
rocks were raining from the sky on earth fucking the sun was still going through a whole bunch of bullshit but you know I support the sun in all his endeavors no matter what because I love him and then over the course of millions and millions of years the earth went from a flaming ball of rocks to sort of a less flaming ball of rocks you could say there was still there was still flames just not on the surface and on those rocks that came down to earth all that time scientists have theorized that there was water there in those rocks and in that water on those rocks came land which came from being cooled down from the rain and then there was also life inside those rocks, inside that water, which is how scientists theorized that life got here. And then you could say that, again, evolution took its course. We went from being bottom feeders at the bottom of the ocean, eating fresh bullshit soup served on a daily from vents in, at the bottom of the ocean so being able to use the sun for energy which is photosynthesis as I hope you all know and then throughout time well again things started to happen and eventually there was a blanket keeping the sun's harmful rays from hitting the earth and eventually some fucking stupid bacteria was like I'm gonna go on land even though there was probably no food up there for a while and eventually again evolution took its course and it became adapted to life on land They developed legs, new eggs to reproduce, stronger eggs. So eventually, instead of having to go back to the ocean to reproduce, they could just stay on land. So at that point, it was bye-bye ocean. And then, again, evolution took its course. Continents shifted, meteors hit. And then mammals came along, and that's where our story starts. Monkeys, dolphins, everything. That's where all the mammals came from. All the evolution, all that time to lead to here, to me sitting here today recording, to you listening to this on whatever you're listening on. In general, you could say that the path the earth took was crazy it could have gone so many different ways and that's that's a really fascinating thing to think about how many paths the earth could have took how many different ways we could have evolved how many different species could have had a chance to thrive and become the alpha on the planet instead of us and we'd still be living in caves making swords out of rocks 
but somehow we became dominant and we became the alphas on the earth now how did this happen um you could say it's because of our intelligence but I think it's just because we were just able to actually yeah I'd say it's intelligence too it's not exactly like we decided one day, oh, we're going to be the alphas on the earth. I mean, maybe someone said that at some point. I don't, I don't fucking know. I'm not, I'm not a fucking paleontologist or whatever. But you could say in general, we didn't really have a choice when it came to being alphas on the earth. We were almost chosen by a higher power. You could say this higher power is God. You could say it was natural selection. Or you could just say other animals didn't care because we often took some of them in aka wolves which are now which were bred into modern day dogs the wolves protected us in turn for scraps from our dinners and it was a good game and over time after again evolution takes its course we had dogs all the modern day dogs, all the cute dogs, all the ugly dogs, all the failures in nature that eventually died out. And that sort of, again, it's evolution, you can't really control it. Survival of the fittest. And I guess we were the fittest because we became the alphas on this earth and not, I don't know say horses I don't know but um another interesting thing about how we got here is sort of the path we took once we sort of evolved in the civilizations. I guess you could say it started in uh, the Mesopotamian Revolution where now that the farms were becoming more efficient um, you need it. You could have more people there and then you need people to help those people get a sustainable habitat. This is all explained very well by a uh, uh, Bill Wirtz, I'm doing a very shit job right now, I don't know why making a podcast is a lot harder than it seems, but, um, um, I guess that's sort of where we evolved into what we call a society, and that sort of really launched us into becoming the permanent alphas. At any point we could have died out from disease, but you know, there was a lot of uh revolutions going on at this time, as in like the Indian uh golden age of uh technology and knowledge or uh Renaissance Islamic golden age, etc. 
and we had a lot of great civilizations around this time too the Romans, the Greeks, the uh, we had India, the Qing Dynasty, all of them, all of them sort of propelled us into where we are today, all taking very different routes on various things such as knowledge, philosophy, government, etc. For example, you had the Qing Dynasty where during a rebellion there was a, a noble monk named Confucius who was figuring, figuring, figuring out how to have good morals while at the while in the Greek and Roman civilizations you had the Renaissance and the golden ages of knowledge all throughout Europe and India and the Middle East that was another one, the Ottomans can't leave them out of the equation, they were a big time thing I guess we have, they have, they played a big part in the growth of civilization too in terms of knowledge trade that was another big thing We. It was incredible that so many different cultures at the time could work together to trade and exchange knowledge in so many different forms and ways, exchange religions, ideas, philosophies, and all that. It was very fascinating and then how we went from that to eventually in America treating uh, African Americans like the piss of the earth. I think that's really contradictory to what I guess you could say there we took a step back in a way as time went on but we're, we've been moving forward over the past hundred years or so making progress and um, you know I guess I should elaborate on that point a little bit more. Before coloni the colonies in the U.S. and slavery and all that, there were a couple times where people were enslaved. But it wasn't really based on, a, I guess you could say, a race. It's more based on creed. And this sort of affected one group in particular, which was... uh people of the Jewish faith. Uh, they were often kicked out of their own homeland for just being there. They were often transported in bondage to places that they had no idea where they were going. For example, they were transported to Egypt. And, um, and then you had the story of Moses, which personally I think was a crock of shit. But, you know, again, it's up to you what you believe in. I tend to believe in what there's evidence of. Like, that's another thing. I, I know this is all over the place. This first podcast, I don't know what I'm doing yet. A lot of people theorize that we wouldn't have been able to survive the early days of our civilizations if it weren't for the help of aliens. And personally, that's just a load of horse shit. The fucking... Oh, aliens built the pyramids. I mean, where's your proof? I know they're like, oh, the drawings on the... Not the drawings, the hieroglyphics on the walls. 
depict saucers. As he would say, beauty is in the eye, eye of the beholder. Just like the human eye will be tricked into seeing a face where there's not one, just because it wants to see if it wants to make a shape out of everything. You're, if you want something to be there, it'll be there. If you want it bad enough, it will be there. And that's sort of where a bias comes in. And you know, I try to remain as free from bias as possible. And you know, as time went on, and he the human civilization became more advanced as in uh, Britain and the Ottoman Empire and even as uh, countries like Portugal and Spain Spain was created from the ruins of a vicious battle to push uh, the Moroccans, I believe it was. No, the Moors. The Moors. It was a vicious battle to push the Moors out of Spain by the Holy Roman Empire. And then you had the Spanish Inquisition, which we all know that how that went. But in a way, these all fueled some of our greatest achievements. You can't really have anything without adversity. You had. Uh, I forget his name, but there was a, there was a guy from, I believe, Italy who who uh, believed that the who first theorized that the Earth was infinite after Copernicus said that uh, the Earth the, the Sun did not revolve around the Earth that the Earth was not the center of the galaxy that in fact the Sun was he sort of uh, took it to the next step and said that the universe was infinite with infinite stars and planets and infinite possibilities. Now the the church and the Pope was already cheesed at Copernicus but I mean they house arrested him for having the courage to think outside of I guess what you could say was standard mindsets at that time. He him and many other great thinkers and scientists over that time period sort of pushed us and then the the man I was just talking about from Italy he was actually burned at the stake for having the courage to think outside the box this far which again the church was not happy about and that was sort of their way of stopping. They had the Spanish Inquisition, which was a series of strong courts that handled heretics against the church. And in a way, this pushed people to think outside the box, caused people to question what the church was saying, what the Bible said. It pushed them to think in their own new ways say and they pushed our society even more so really they have a great deal to do with 
why we are where we are today. And like I was saying with the the race thing, how we took a step backwards. Back then there was really uh I guess you couldn't say there was no racism, but it wasn't as extreme as it was during the 17, 18, and 1900s. Well, not, uh, yeah, not, yeah, 17, 18, 1900s. And you could say that as time went on, it got worse. But we sort of worked together as a, as a species and not as a race or a creed. We worked together as a group on this planet having one single identity as humans to help push our civilizations further and ensure the survival of our people. And then over time people started getting smarter. Technology got more advanced. And then you had and then you get to sort of where modern day technology comes in to great play like uh, in wars uh, you could say as in like uh, like uh, Joker said it in Full Metal Jacket the duality of man there will be times where man will preach peace and then there will be times where man will cry for war and I guess that's a very contradictory uh, way of explaining it, but it's the most simple and efficient way I could think of to explain it. Uh, for example, uh, you had uh, World War Two after Pearl Harbor. The Americans, a, didn't want. They wanted to be involved in the war after Pearl Harbor, but before that, there was they were strongly against it because they were doing so well. We were well, we were doing so well on our own. I don't I don't know where you live. That's why I said we because I live in America. We were doing so well on our own. We sort of adopted what Korea adopted at and Japan adopted at one point, which was isolationism, which. It sort of, it hurt us in some ways, and then I guess you could say it helped us in others. You know, America was going through a golden age. We were going through a, we were having a great economy. And then eventually that isolationism stopped working and when we entered the Great Depression, so, after that, we were in the Depression before, I think, it was 1931, we entered the Depression, so, we were in the Depression for eight years before World War One even started, before, we were in there, we were in the Great Depression for, I believe it was, if I, my math is correct, 11 years before we even got involved, before Pearl Harbor even happened. And it's crazy how on the flip of a dime, a flip of a coin, 
you can have such a drastic change in a public opinion on such a a big matter such as a world war, a global scale conflict that's killing thousands every day and uh, dislodging millions from their homes, harming and killing families, tearing them apart. All it takes is one action to sort of change the, I guess you could say, the mind of the public. Another example of this was uh, after 9-11. Bush needed the Congress's permission to go into Iraq, Afghanistan, and so on and so forth. But he wasn't going to get it because the public didn't want to go to war. And then September 11, 2001, the World Trade Centers were destroyed. Just like that. American policy changed. People wanted revenge, which was understandable, but it was very, it was very hectic the way they sort of rushed into it. It was sort of just, you know, it happened, and then boom, we have permission to go boots on the ground in all those Middle Eastern countries who were, quote unquote, associated with these attacks. And he, we're still in some of these countries even to today, even 17 years later. And we haven't made, I guess you could say we've made little progress, but sort of eased up on the push to, I think, push democracy into these countries. It was... That's another thing. It's my personal opinion. Wars are very. They're only needed in extreme situations. They're only needed when a serious crime has been committed. Like. Like a chemical attack, I guess would be a reasonable cause for war, a nuclear attack. Those would definitely be causes for war, but you don't need to invade a, a country that really, I mean, unless you have definitive proof that they were associated with the people who committed the attacks, it was very unnecessary to enter those countries like that. I guess you could say it wasn't necessary because they didn't want to cooperate with us. I I I guess that's a fair point. If if we want justice and they're not gonna help us get it, we're gonna go through them, which I guess is a, it could be considered justifiable by some, others not. I'm sort of in a middle ground here. I don't really understand. Oh boy, I skipped the whole time period. Oh boy. 
very interesting time period in the history of the world was definitely the uh, after World War Two, fifties, sixties, seventies, so on. As in, as many of you know, the Cold War. So, the Cold War, space race, whatever, whatever floats your boat. It was a very stressful time for a lot of people. There was a lot going on. But that really, but that conflict that was on such a non-violent scale that was worked out through various uh, acts of um, espionage, also known as uh, spy work, was a very that pushed us as a civilization to become more advanced. The Russians went into outer space first. They got, I think they were the first ones to get into orbit also. And they had the first satellite which passed over the United States at a certain point which caused a lot of people to freak out. And then that sort of pushed the United States to really go all out, invest in a moon mission, which pushed us to invest more in space and caused more people to wonder what's out there. You know, what What can't we see with the naked eye that is within a reasonable distance to us? And it's a very, I guess you could say, almost story-like point of view. No, almost like, uh, I guess you could say, it's, it kind of reminds me of the cover of Wonder, where the kids dress up as a little astronaut. And, you know, it's just... I don't know why this has just been bugging me for the longest time, but, you know, it's just, the path that the Earth took was so incredibly complicated. One misstep could have changed the entire history of what we know as mankind. We could still be writing on the walls and caves, and, you know horses could be walking around in suits. You never know what could have happened. But I guess uh, the universe had a different plan for us. And really we should all be more grateful that that a dramatic event didn't happen that wiped us off the face of the earth so we can have because now we can have all these great commodities like I can do this podcast because of the curse that earth took I don't know why I said earth it's earth because of the course that earth took you can sit down with a cup of tea and listen to this podcast and enjoy it because of the course that Earth took. When one misstep, one 
slight change in an asteroid's trajectory. One misstep during the Cold War. One one person spreading a disease. One germ dying off. One species failing to thrive and pass its genes on could have dramatically changed who we are and if we would be what we are today. It's crazy to think about how so many things could have gone wrong, yet they all went just right to support the life that we know as mankind. And I just think it should be more talked about, more discussed. Just, if you really just sit back, think about it, you know, take a dab from your wax pen or whatever, you know, if you're a clean person, stay clean, don't, don't do drugs, I do not condone that unless you're of the age of 18, which I'm not, I know I'm a hypocrite, but, you know, I, I'm still very responsible about it, you know, I don't, I don't believe that it is necessary to sort of regulate a pr regulate the people with certain drugs as much as they do, such as uh, weed, LSD, uh, that's really it. Those two drugs are really the main ones where it's sort of like, you know, they were a lot of times some of these drugs were used in um, medicines and then after a while people were like we want these to be illegal not people I guess you could say I'm not really sure how it happened I'm just going to say it was the government because just to play it safe but eventually these all became illegal while we could have been Again, this is another example how one thing changes the course of history. There's research that shows that uh, we were marijuana or THC, whatever you call it, ganja, Mary Jane, whatever. Pick your poison, it actually cures cancer cells. Well, not cures, kills cancer cells. Now, just take a second and think. Marijuana was outlawed in the early 1900s, late 1800s, I think. Imagine how much farther we would be in terms of cancer research if they hadn't made it illegal and found out how it kills these cells sooner. Imagine how many lives could have been saved with the treatment that could have been offered with it. You know, it's also... There's also a very negative stigma around it for people in general from the Reagan era, the war on drugs era. They tend to have a very negative stigma on it. Uh, my parents recently found out that I smoked it and they said that, you know, it's dangerous because 
you can it can be laced with heroin and other drugs like that but you know times are different I'm sure it happened a lot back in the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s when it was really crazy and a lot of people were experimenting but now it's sort of becoming more structured they say it can make you addicted but you know it's sort of like I said it's coming more structured there's less of that happening it's becoming more more and more destigmatized as generations passed. Like, for the longest time, I said that I wouldn't do it because I wasn't really exposed to a lot of outside culture as a kid. But as I sort of grew independent from my parents, I experienced more and more of the modern day culture. And I realized it's not as bad as they make it out to be. So I, I would try it. So I got some from person that will remain nameless and I tried it and it it was very very relaxing I remember the first night my dad gave me a lecture about how marijuana makes you do dangerous things makes you do things that you wouldn't normally do last time I checked watching a movie and not moving for half an hour isn't dangerous unless you have like a very serious heart condition which I do not but watching a movie and laying in bed while enjoying uh, some nice vapor oil with a comfortable pair of pajamas on, with your fan on, cozy blanket. Last time I checked, that's not dangerous. Laying back watching a documentary about the history of the earth, that's not dangerous. Last time I checked. Unless you get very, very strong weed or or stuff like that, like edibles or very strong oil or like California weed, I guess you could say, like SoCal weed. Like that stuff is intensely strong. I had one hit of it one time and my mind was blown. Luckily, I only took one hit. Or else I probably wouldn't be sitting here recording this podcast today. Which is why I say that it should be it should not be illegal, but you should rather teach responsible usage of it. Like like in schools they they teach not to do drugs when in reality most of us kids in school are gonna end up experimenting at one point or another unless you have a very uh, cold stone, tur- cold turkey. I mean, I, I don't know why I said cold stone. I probably was some ice cream. Cold turkey type person, which is who's very anti-drugs, very uh, I guess you could say, like I said, sober. So other than that, most of us are probably gonna experiment at one point or another. So you should teach responsible usage instead of don't do it at all because it's the same thing with alcohol. People, they outlawed it. They outlawed the selling, consumption, distribution, uh, brewing, whatever you want to call it, of alcohol. And that drinking rates were actually estimated to rise 
at that point. Excuse me. And then, like I said, drinking rates were thought to have rise actually, knowing prohibition. And that sort of, it pushed alcoholism to a whole new level, you could say. People drank more when they could because they never knew if there was it was going to be the last time they had an opportunity is what I think is the reason why the reasons went so high um, and it's like I said it's the same thing for weed now that it's sort of becoming less and less stigmatized by people sort of Responsible usage is coming up more and more. You know, I believe in responsible usage and marijuana is in many ways helpful to the human psyche. Excuse me. As oftentimes can be very beneficial. However, if, like I said, if it, it does become abused, that's when it becomes a problem and that's when you know I don't approve like I don't think you should give like a 8 year old a blood and say here smoke this I don't think that's right that's not and it's not responsible usage I think after at a, I think at a certain age below 18 you become able to sort of distinguish right and wrong well enough to be able to decide for yourself if you should smoke weed or not. But unfortunately, many of us don't have that opportunity. And, you know, I'm not saying go out and really try to. I mean, you can if you want, it's up to you. I'm just saying, if you do decide to try it, be careful with it. If if it's your first time, do not start with edibles. That's a very bad idea. Start with either wax, dabs, or and or uh, regular uh, rolled marijuana. And then have a you know get your toes wet a couple times before diving headfirst into the deep end. So you sort of know what you're getting yourself into because, uh, as some of you probably know, uh, edible marijuana is very, is a lot more, uh, psychoactive because it is being processed by your, uh, your liver and it creates a whole new compound from the THC, which, uh, affects how it affects your brain. And changes the way your high is experienced. So, I guess the main moral with that is just sort of, you know, be careful with it, but also don't let yourself be too tense about it. You know, enjoy it. You 
can't be real uptight. And then, like, it's a lot of times your first time if you're very tense about it. I've heard stories of somebody, like, smoking a whole blunt and then, like, but they were very, like, nervous about it. So, like, oh, what if we get caught? What if I don't like it? What if something goes wrong? And I heard that it just didn't affect them because they were just so... It was almost like they were working against it and sort of just blocked it out of their mind. And then, so if you do try it, be careful, be responsible. You should try and find somebody to do it with. It's a lot more enjoyable with a friend and it's also more safe with a friend because you sort of have someone there to like help you out if something goes wrong if you start having a panic attack which uh can happen can happen I don't know why I've, I've been fucking up my speech all day today please don't judge me like I said it's been very it's very it's a very relaxing experience it's a very good experience if you do it right if you do it responsibly uh, so just, you know, be safe about it. Don't do anything stupid with it. I know I'm beating a dead horse here. This is probably the ninth time I said it. Probably more than that. Just be safe, be responsible, have someone there. Same thing with LSD. Have have a group of friends there and then have a couple uh, trip sitters as they're called there to sort of help you ride it out as you go along on, a, on the journey that is LSD which is again it's a very it's a very stigmatized drug that I don't think should be stigmatized the way it is I just think, again, it needs to be, you need to take responsible, safe usage of it. And that would work a lot better. It would get, the message would get through to a lot more people. You know? Like, if you go out to a complete stoner and tell them, you need to stop smoking weed, it's dangerous. They're just going to be like, fuck you. I know from experience, because I've done it. But, you know, I've heard once people start, once I heard a couple people start talking about responsible usage, I sort of agree with that message a lot more. And, you know, it actually helped me sort of form the way I do it. I sort of, I do it like once or twice, maybe three times in extreme case. I take a break, let my tolerance build back up. Well, not I let my tolerance actually deteriorate, I guess. And then I go back to it, and it's a, it's very it affects you more when you take a tolerance break. So that also is very that is a very uh, good thing. So be safe, be responsible, be smart, have somebody there, and. You know, enjoy the journey that is 
smoking marijuana. Um, I guess the last thing I really want to talk about today is what the future of this podcast is going to be. Um, I'm just going to go through and tell you about my plans for it. So, I plan for each episode to be around uh, uh, an hour, hour 15, maybe an hour and a half in extreme cases. I plan to have maybe somebody added to the cast at a certain point. Uh, One of my friends who I'm very close to, and, you know, he just... I think he has to get a couple things sorted out before I can let him start recording with me. Um, Yeah, so. And then I also have a lot of topics to talk about, and then I hope that he is going to have some topics for us to talk about. We're also going to have a lot of stories, you know, experiences. Um... I mean, I guess I could tell a short one now just to give you a taste of what it was, what it could be like. Here's like a preview of one. It's a little tidbit from one of the nights that me and my friends got high together. It was me. Uh, I'm going to change people's names so you don't really know who I'm talking about for privacy reasons. I don't want to invade anybody's privacy. So it was me, Nick, Tim, and Josh. And I think Rick was there. I'm not positive, but... No, fuck, I'm just gonna... I don't know who's gonna be who, but... So, Tim was on a pool table, and was complaining that he wanted a banana and then Josh and Rick walked over and Josh had some fruit loops in his hand and he was like hey hey you want some food you want some food and Mark uh, bleep alright so I'll just say it was Mark and then Mark looks down at his hand and Josh uh, opens his hands, drops a fucking shit ton of Fruit Loops that could have been eaten on the floor, slaps Mark across the face, and runs away. Needless to say, Mark wasn't happy about this, and he proceeded to choke Eli. Fuck. Alright, so, Eli out. Um, so... That was just a tidbit from that night. A lot of funny things happened in that night and many other nights. And hopefully there will be a lot of funny moments on this podcast to come as sort of my audience grows and more people tune in each episode if anybody tunes in. But you know what? I don't care. Um, so this has been the Sad Boy Podcast. I hope you enjoyed if you enjoyed, share with all your friends. Tell them to give it a listen. Tell them there's more where this came from. Uh, have a good night, evening, afternoon. Have a cup of tea. Relax. And, you know, 
run fast, smoke grass, eat ass. Bye.